What's good, y'all? This is your boy Justin, aka Just Blaze, host of Above the Rim. And if you want a raw take on the NBA, Above the Rim is a show for you. With dope beats and entertaining guests each week, we offer a great new insight on all things NBA. You don't want to miss it. Talk about it. You are now tuned in to Above the Rim. Welcome, welcome to Above the Rim, episode 34, brought to you by your host, as always, Justin, aka Just Blaze, and of course, I bring you nothing but special guests each and every week here on Above the Rim, and this week, joining me is my man out of Dallas, Texas, co-host of the BS3 Sports Show, my dude, my man, Ben Sutter, thanks for joining me, Ben. Appreciate you coming on, my brother. Definitely, man. Appreciate you, man. It's been a it's been a long time coming. I should have spoke up earlier. <laughs> that is true, and that that actually is my bad. My bad. I, pre- I appreciate you uh, reaching out to me, my brother. I should have been had you on. It's been way too long. <laughs> <laughs> right. But right. I appreciate you always supporting above the red, man. I appreciate that. Yeah, man. Good content every single week. Appreciate that, man. So, of course, everyone, you can find Above the Rim on iTunes, Stitching, Google, and the Almighty Baller Network every Tuesday. Make sure you give Above the Rim that five-star review. Follow me on Twitter at JustBlaze underscore 513, JustinLee867 at Yahoo.com to submit questions, comments, topics, or use the hashtag AxeAboveTheRim to submit questions as well on Twitter. Ben, my man, where can they find you on Twitter? You can find me at BS, the number three sports uh, on Twitter, all, all, all avenues of social media, BS3 sports. Make sure you go give my man Ben a follow. Make sure y'all do that. Please do. Please do. So, Ben, it's week two of the NBA, my man. Week two. First of all, quick observations on week one. How you feeling about the, the league as a whole this year? You liking this season? Loving it? Hating it? How you feeling? I'm loving it. I mean, I think with the, with the move around of the different players, with injuries kind of thrown into the mix, it, it's, it's a free-for-all right now. Um, but I think it's going to be fun to watch. It's going to be fun basketball. Definitely uh, game, fun in, basketball. Game out. Oh, definitely. Yeah. There's a lot of storylines this year. A lot of storylines and drama as well. A lot. Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> Always. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so the theme of this week's episode, I'm going with leadership and pressure. Some people may think it goes hand in hand. Some may not. But before we get there, we got to talk about my man down in L.A. Ball control. Oh, it's all about ball control and LeVar ball. The ball away. It's all about the big ball away. So LeVar is starting to become a prophet. <laughs> my man he is. He is. <laughs> damn near right Lavar has been speaking a lot of things into existence for his son Lauda Ball he, he called him going to the Lakers called him being the number two pick what else did he call uh, uh, I'm forgetting what else uh, re- most recently they had a game against the Washington Wizards and he called guaranteed a win against one of the best point guards in the league that is John Wall Ben, when you heard that, did you have any thoughts, any comments? 
Um, I did. I mean, uh, once again, I thought he was crazy. Whenever <laughs> he makes a prediction, I mean, a lot of his stuff is like long term. You know, we're, we're, he's talking about Melo's going to the league. He's talking about uh, the the second son uh, Jello's coming to the league. The now, like that away. kind of stuff, we don't know. But when he's when he said that, he's I was been like, saying oh. it. <laughs> saying it he's been saying it but um i would say he uh, the, the guy he's crazy but his marketing expertise which i don't know where he got it from is working um just like he said with the clothing line with the shoes he's predicting that they're gonna have massive sales which i don't know if they're selling stuff or not but uh, he, he he speaks it into existence. I would definitely say that. That's his motto. <laughs> he definitely does. I, I can tell you that without a doubt. Yeah, man. And the Ball family might be the most polarizing and talked about family in sports right now. They're definitely over-scrutinizing every facet, whether it be LaVar's comments off the court or Lonzo's play on the court. I mean, LaVar actually says whatever the hell he wants for better or for worse. And that's the big ball away. away. We know that. So my man Scotty Brooks, as me and Ben were talking about before, they played the Wizards, they played John Wall. LaVar Ball guaranteed a win for the Lakers. And it did cause a little bit of controversy. So Scotty Brooks, the head coach of the Wizards, has some comments about LaVar Ball. He actually has had some positive words in support. LeVar Ball, which I actually am a little appreciative of. So I quote Scotty Brooks, my father left me at two. I would love to have my father around like how LeVar is around and to talk to him and pump me up with confidence. To me, that's every son's dream. No question. He's a little bit ambitious at times with what he says, but he's around his son and maybe he could temper it down a little bit, but I would have loved my father to do that. I have to give Scotty Brooks a lot of love right there, Ben. 100% agree with his his statements. And uh, what do you think about those comments by Scotty? Yeah, definitely. I think you, you really have to... I agree with him. And I think a lot of people need to look at LeVar in that light, uh, even including myself. I mean, I doubted a lot of stuff he was saying. I didn't agree with a lot of different things. But he supports his kids. If there's nothing else he doesn't... If he doesn't do anything else, he supports his boys, uh, no matter what everybody else says. And for Scotty Brooks to says that, that kind of gives LeVar some some skins on the wall, if you will. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I actually appreciated Scotty saying that. For him coming out and saying that, that was very brave and bold of him, and I gave him some credit for that. And um, I don't know if you saw earlier, um, I think it was earlier this month, I believe, USA Today had an article calling LeVar the worst sports parent ever. Did you see that, Ben? I did not see that, but yeah. that's that's garbage. <laughs> said, they call him the worst boy, the no, worst there, sports there, parent ever. Yeah, there's been worse. There's been worse than Lavar. Lavar is not that bad. Exactly, Lavar's not bad at all. I mean, we know all parents are flawed, and we know Lavar is no exception. But the ones who actually remain in their sons and their daughters' lives, the ones who support them, the one who teach them, who, the one who love them, and one who cares for them and push them to be all that they can be, how can you be mad at that? And created yeah. an avenue for his family. How can you be upset at that? I'm shocked. Really? If you if you want to be if you want to put a parent in that, you could probably put Kobe's what well, that was either his mom or dad that was trying to sell his memorabilia oh, yeah. to, like come on that, that's that's the worst right there you grinded it out for so many years 
and your mom or dad decides I'm gonna sell your stuff for money. Like no, Kobe is son. Seriously, come like come on, give give me a break. They gotta do better with that. Better than that, man. That's that's really ridiculous. So, big shout out to the Laval Bowl. You know, everyone here on Above the Rim knows I'm a big Triple B's fan, and I see my man <laughs> Bet is a Triple B's fan himself. The big ball away. Yeah, man. Yeah, most definitely. So like I said before, this week we're going to be talking about leadership and pressure. So there has been a lot this season. So what got me thinking about this before I did this episode is I was watching the OKC Indiana Pacers game. And before the game, leading up to the game, we all know it was, it was Paul George's first game back against his former team, which is the Indiana Pacers. And his head coach, Nate McMillan, had some interesting comments about, about Paul George, PG-13. So what he said was the Pacers visited OKC last week, and the question of leadership came up in the press conferences in, in, the press conferences in regards to Paul George's departure. So Nate McMillan said that Paul George wasn't a natural leader in Indiana. Earlier this week, Nate said that PG wasn't someone who naturally took to the leadership role that was expected from him from him in Indiana. He said that some players just prefer to go out and just play ball rather than having a responsibility placed on their shoulders, which is leadership. And which has me thinking about leadership in the NBA. Some people, there has been a lot of leaders in the NBA over time. But a lot of there's been a few leaders that you can say have different opinions or are scrutinized differently than others. So, Ben, I want to ask you, what makes an effective leader in today's NBA to you? And what characteristics must a leader have in today's NBA? I think to be an effective leader in the NBA now, you have to be outspoken. You There's a lot of young kids coming into the league that think they know everything. Uh, they think they can come in the league and just ball out and win an MVP their first year. So I think you need you need to be outspoken. You need to also have experience to be able to, to be an effective leader um, because these young guys are going to be looking to you for guidance. Uh, they don't know what they're doing, but they're going to act like they know what they're doing. But you got to be in their grill like, hey, this is what the game plan is. This is the play we're running. Stick to the game plan. And I, I'm going to be able to, uh, I got you if you mess up. You do do what you need to do. But I think that that's probably the most important things. And I think, you know, the comments with Nate McMillan, uh, may, maybe PG is not that vocal leader, not yeah. that guy that is is going to, to me, uh, PG-13 is a lead by example. Yeah, I'm a lead, oh, I'm going to do what I got to do. I agree. He's but a passive to me, star to me, a passive right, star. Exactly. He's like he's like a Dirk. Dirk yeah. Dirk's a leader, but Dirk's not a leader that's going to get in everybody's grill and tell you what you're doing wrong. So I think to be an effective leader, you cannot be passive. Ah, you can't. You can't be it, passive. So you don't feel like a... I agree. I agree. Great point. So to me, when I thought about it, there's different types of leaders to me. Like you said before, like you alluded to, Ben, some are vocal, some are not. Some are leaders by example. Some are just emotional leaders. Some are just vaulted into leadership status strictly because they are the best player on the team in terms of talent. And there are just some leaders on the team who just happens to be the eldest statesman on the team, like a Zach Randolph or Vince Carter or somebody like that on the Kings. So to me, an effective NBA leader is someone who establishes a team culture-based work ethic, accountability, 
while also maintaining a fun and win-driven environment. I think those are crucial when it comes to leadership. I think you have to be demanding, but not overbearing at times. I think you can expect your teammates to play well when you need them and hold them accountable when they don't. I think that's totally fine to do that. And, And it also depends on how you do that. I think an effective leader knows his different relationships with each player. You can't always be as as aggressive with each player. Each player has their individual NBA personalities, so they may may not always respond well to criticism in your form. Yeah, I agree with you right there. I think also you have to shape your leadership to the guys on the team. If you if you have you know vets on the team, you may not need to be as vocal because they may get the point already. They may they've been there, done that. Uh, got the t-shirt, got the hoodie. They already know what, what the deal is. <laughs> That's true. Th- those elder <laughs> statesmen, man. <laughs> exactly. But if you if you if you have 19, 20 year olds on the squad, and and you're the Vince Carter on the team, it's you. Your leadership is completely different. It's completely different. And I think you got to be a teacher. Uh, that's the other part. You got to be a teacher oh, as yes. well as a leader uh, because you are. I mean, you're 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 their dad. I mean, in a in a in a sense, yeah. in the NBA, you're you're their father. They need they you. have to look up to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. they definitely have to look up to you and learn how to be a professional athlete. Because I think there's a big difference between a normal street level athlete and a professional athlete. I think they're two totally different spectrums. And I think more, not think. I know a lot more is required of you when you are a professional athlete and handling yourself. And I think a lot of the young players coming in, they they miss that. Yeah. Um, but to be honest, if you're 19, 20 years old and somebody says, I'm going to give you uh, 20 million guaranteed. Uh, I mean, what what, do you, what are you going to do? And nine times out of 10, you got you go wild out. I mean, that's, that's kind of what. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. If you're giving me 150 million, <laughs> you're giving a 19 year old 150 million and a four year, five year contract extension. That's Ooh. that's money in the bank, man. <laughs> but I think I think that's that's the flip side yeah. of this whole this whole thing is that they have to have somebody to say, hey, like, you know, we got a game tomorrow. You know, we got a back to back. You know, we got we don't have any breaks. We got one game. We got a day break. Don't go to the club the night before. You, you already know. <laughs> exactly. It's not going up. You already know the paparazzi going to be there in your grill as soon as you walk out the door. So that, I mean, it, it's leadership, I think, is very is very well needed in, in the NBA, especially with, with young squads. Oh, 100% agree. 100% agree. Also, I think um, low key, your teammates have to have a healthy respect for you in the locker room and they have to feel a little bit inspired by you I feel like in the locker room if they see you accomplishing goals if they see you putting up numbers or they see you coming being the first person in the gym and the last one out that inspires them to do better and to be better and I also think good leaders learn from their failures and use them to improve their games and improve their teammates around them and I think they just have to be a leader of men. And not everyone can be a leader of men, Ben. I think it's really difficult to be a leader of men. Some people are born with it. Some people, actually, I think you can learn it. I think you can learn it over time. But a lot of people, I think, are born with it. Yeah, I think I think you're born with it. But I think also, if you learn it, can you demonstrate it? Like, we can learn anything. True. Can we actually 
act it out and do it, I think is the other part. A yep. prime example, mm-hmm. you look at that, you look at that Bulls team last year. You, I mean, you've got you got uh, D Wade there. You got Rondo, you got Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. Uh, who who thought that that was going to end up being like cancerous situation? But it, <laughs> it kind of ended up being that way. Yeah, and it was all it was all from uh, it kind of stemmed from Ron, uh, Rondo's comments. And I think Rondo has been around so many people yeah. that he has to know what leadership is. He has to know that you cannot call out people if you got a problem. Uh, you need to go and talk to them behind closed doors, figure out the problem, work it out. Don't bring it to the media. I but thought to he me, would be Rondo, a better leader. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Rondo's one of those guys that is not going to 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 demonstrate leadership this period. So, you know, when he, he's on the Pelicans right now. He's out right now. Uh, I'm really interested to see when he gets back. Yeah, I don't know I'm kind of going. But I think, uh, I, man, being here in Dallas, I don't know. Uh, me and Ronjo wouldn't get along if I see him on the street. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. Rondo be on the miles, man. He, I'll be on the miles. He, he be a little crazy sometimes. I mean, when he's on a call, he but it, he, he really does. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to lie. And he actually has some pressure on him as well, because when he comes back, he is expected to stabilize that New Orleans Pelicans roster right now. They have a little bit of a groove right now, and they are expecting him to come in and give steady point guard play. So I'm curious to see what Rondo does, if he can show some leadership finally on this Pelican team. Yeah. Yeah, so Ben. Yeah, I'm sorry. No, I was just saying, yeah, he's gonna be needed to be a leader. Uh, like you, you can't you can't go into the situation and start talking to the media about situations you see. You you got to be above above that on this squad. Of course, I 100 agree. So, do you think a good leader puts more pressure on themselves to win? In you, in your opinion? I think they do. I think a good leader does put pressure on themselves. To, to win uh, mainly because they they have to know uh, you know who to get the ball to how to distribute it I think a good leader also has to know that the pressure is on them but it's not on them to do everything the pressure on them maybe depends on the night the pressure may be that you gotta do everything you gotta score the last 10 points to win the game it may be that you gotta pass the ball and depend on a teammate uh, and that he's wide open for a wide open shot yeah. so I, I think if if you are a good leader, you got to know the pressure's on you. But it's also a matter of how you deal with that pressure. Because sometimes you got to delegate it. Sometimes yeah. you got to say, hey, I know you're wide open in the corner. So I'm about to give you the ball. You got to make the shot. So, Oh, I 100% agree. It's all about having a healthy balance in between those two and knowing how to juggle those. So I 100% agree, man. 100% Definitely. agree. Yeah, so... Thank you for bringing us into pressure because that is a nice segue into our next category, talking about pressure in the NBA today and who has the most pressure in the NBA this season. So some NBA players will get the luxury of playing through the regular season without a care or expectations placed on them. Others don't. Every season, there are a few players on the hot seat and under the microscope. Some rookies enter the league with tons of fanfare, while some vets solely get judged on how deep they advance into the season. I mean, so my first player that I'm choosing this week, who has the most pressure on him, is I'm going with Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, to me, has a lot of pressure on on him this season. Kyrie Kyrie Irving wanted to escape LeBron James' shadow with the Cavs. Whether he succeeded by joining the Celtics is debatable. 
Boston will now lean heavily on Irving more than it planned to than ever before. They turned over almost two thirds of their roster from last year, Ben, after winning 53 games and securing the East number one seed. Career high volumes and usage rate across the board seems inevitable this year for Kyrie. Hayward being gone, I think lightens some of the expectations off of Kyrie, but only a little. I say only a little because Isaiah Thomas, the man the Celtics gave up on for you, who brought an overachieving group of players to the Eastern Conference Finals by himself, he became a proven leader up there in Boston last year. And my question is, Kyrie, can you do the same? The East is wide open right now. No clear-cut second-best team. So if Kyrie is as good as advertised, then I think he can bring Boston to that second seed. If he's as good as advertised, if he grows to become the leader that Boston sees in him, sees in him and that he sees in himself. But I give him credit. He has looked decent so far right now. Boston is 4-2. He's averaging 21-5 on the season, shooting 41% from the floor, by the way. But he still just looks like the same old Kyrie to me. I haven't seen a better point. I haven't seen better point guard or facilitating skills from him right now. I still just see the ice cold scorer and closer that he was in Cleveland. What do you think about Kyrie? That's a good one. Yeah, that's that, that's a good one. That, that's that's. I mean, that's like top of the top right there. I would say with Kyrie because he forced this. It's not as if he's. It's not as if he laid back. And the Cavs decided to trade him one day. Yeah. He came to them and said, I want to get traded. And then the pressure even got hotter. He, he the pressure cooker got got up to 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 extra high at this point when when you don't have uh Hayward there. So yeah. to me, uh that that's that, that that's a good one because there's a lot there's a lot of um the Celtics fans are looking to him. To bring them back to that oh to glory to glory yes. <laughs> they want to hoist they want to hoist the trophy <laughs> and they're looking at Kyrie and Kyrie the only now so <laughs> yes <laughs> they looking at him as exactly. the savior but I mean listen honestly he wanted to leave the king LeBron James. he wanted to leave LeBron James and I thought that was very peculiar I mean me I put, that was bold. Yeah, very bold. I mean, I always put winning first. That's just me as a person. And if I was an NBA player, I would always put winning first. And I wouldn't want to leave a winning situation to an unknown situation unless it was distinctly time for me to go. Meaning that until when his contract ran out, then I would have been totally fine with him leaving. But three straight finals is a lot. It's nothing to sneeze at. And I mean, he does deserve the opportunity to see it to show the world he can be a better player and lead a team. So I'm all in for the ride. I mean, fair or not, this entire season to me will be an evaluation of whether Kyrie Irving is a superstar capable of being a leading man on a championship contender. To me, that's how they're viewing Kyrie this year. And I I would say this, this, this one thing. If Kyrie, if he didn't learn anything from LeBron... We we I think we're gonna see it very quick. LeBron is is a leader, and I think LeBron he he better have soaked up everything possible. Yeah, you may not like the guy, you may not want to be in his shadow anymore, but you better had took on some of that lead them leadership qualities that uh, that LeBron has, and that that's what I'm hoping Kyrie has adapted and will utilize yeah. this year. I'm interested, man. We gonna see, Ben. I'm interested, man. <laughs> I am. <laughs> so give me your player with the most pressure this season. So the most pressure, 
is uh, it's a very name you're very well familiar with. Mm. I'm, I'm gonna say Lonzo Ball. Ooh, ball control. Going ball control. <laughs> this kid, yes, this kid has. He is Jesus. He, I don't. He is. I don't know. There's not anything better than Jesus, but he is like <laughs> Jesus 2.0. The way how much pressure is on this kid. Um, not only from his dad, but you got Magic coming out and saying, "I'm gonna draft this kid." Um, you have the Lakers that haven't won in a while. You got Kobe exiting out last year. There's been Lonzo talk for him going to the Lakers for basically a full year. So there's a lot riding on this young kid's shoulders that I don't know if he. I don't know if he's gonna live up to it. I think he's gonna be a good player. Is he going to be the savior for this team? Is he the missing piece? Mm. Uh, I don't know. There's just so many questions. There's so many questions. So Ben, let me ask. Let me ask that. you something. Then. You don't. You don't think he's going to pan out long term, or do you mean for just this particular season? I don't. I don't know if he. I'm gonna say both. I don't know. It's so. It's, it's, it's so unpredictable. I think Ooh. this season. I think this season is going to be rocky. Um, I, I'm gonna because first half of the season, I think you're gonna see him ball out. I think you're gonna see him have some great games. The second half of the season, when when teams know his tendencies, when teams know what he what he can and can't do, uh, this isn't college anymore. Um, I think long term, yes, I think he can be great, but I don't I don't know. The NBA is so up and down Tough. now. Tough. And, and Maddox is Maddox in a, in a tough position too because they bring him back to say we want you to do this too, and then yeah. they bring Walk in. So there's pressure on every level. And yeah. if LeBron, if Lonzo has any problems at all, I think that would definitely guide him in the right direction. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if it starts going south, how are they going to handle it? Because they're all new. Honestly, they're all new at this. Yeah, they all. Uh, Luke New highs all across the board. The whole organization is damn near brand new. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that, that's that's uh. I think he's got the most on him this year. Yeah, I I could definitely get it because yeah, the lake is it's showtime. Yeah, I agree. It's it, it's definitely showtime. So I mean, Magic has put a lot of pressure on Lonzo himself when he did get drafted. I mean, what, yeah, excuse me, when he did get drafted and in the press conference, he did say out loud. Look up there at the banners, young fella. I want a banner up there. I want your jersey up there in the rafter. So he also put a lot of pressure on himself. And he put a lot of pressure on Lonzo, excuse me. And he also said he sees a lot of himself in Lonzo. So that's <laughs> big words for Magic Johnson there. He might get a that's little, so he might be a little disrespectful is. That is. <laughs> to himself. <laughs> you know, but. Yeah, this is that bit. This is a tad bit magic. Calm down. Yeah, he, he might have to pump the brakes a little bit. But I do like Lonzo. I love his progress. I love his game. I love his poise. I love his demeanor as a point guard. He doesn't get too high or too low. So I'm all in support of Lonzo being all that he can be. And I actually do want him to pan out. I think it will be a great story if he does live up to the expectations, as in the same way that LeBron was. And he lived up to his big expectations. So I always think that's a great storyline. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. It is. Um, I think if him, I think he, he's starting it for his brothers, though, as well. Yeah, true. If if Lonzo bombs, which I pray does not happen. I, I don't I don't wish bad on him at all. If he bombs, you got to think NBA executives are like, OK, you got Jello coming behind him. What, what if he does the same thing? And then you got uh, 
LaMelo, who's, you know, he, he's not even in school right now. He's doing the homeschool thing and everything. So there, there, there's, there, there's, pre- there's family pressure on him, too. I know you he, he don't really talk about it, but he's like the older brother that, you know, goes to college, the only one that ever went to college. Yeah. And all his brothers are like, hey, man, I, I'm glad you went to college now. I'm gonna do it too. So it's there's more than just NBA pressure on him, and I think that that's what adds so much. For sure, for sure, 100 percent agree there. So my next player who has a lot of pressure on him this season is Kevin Love. Surprisingly, I actually had to think about this, and let me tell you why, Ben. Let me tell you why this season. Yeah, (laughs) Kevin Love finds himself under some pressure this year. I think with Kyrie Irving gone. He's the Cavaliers' second best player right now, especially with IT out. And everything he does or doesn't do will be picked apart and magnified on the Cleveland Cavaliers this year. Now, to me, it's more about impact rather than numbers for Kevin Love. Of course, he's expected to at least get a double-double. 20 and 10 would be nice. He's averaging 19 and 11 right now. But it's how he gets those points. Many times, K-Love has a tendency to fade away in the Cavs offense, looking like a bystander at times. Just standing in the corner, spotting up for open threes, rather than getting down and dirty in the post. I have issues with that at times. Right now we call that barbecue I need him chicken. to get down there and make someone barbecue chicken, is which he used to be able to do, and getting a foul or getting a bucket. He's lazy right now in that offense to me. I mean, some people may say that he's underutilized due to Ty Lu, and I can agree to some extent. But when I watch him, he never really has any impact buckets to me where I think to himself, damn, Kevin Love can't be stopped. That's a problem to me. Too many times I find myself calling him soft, and it looks like it's very easy for the defense to take him out of his game. I think it's very easily at times. And I think he's got to work on his consistency and his defense this year. This year, he's being asked to play a lot more center, so he needs to be more of a paint presence this year. Paint presence excuse me, this year. He'll often be the last line of defense between scorers in the basket, and I don't think that's a role that suits him best, but Ty Lue seems to think that's a role that suits him best, so we're going to see if he's right about that, which he probably is wrong. That's why he's been starting Tristan lately over K-Love, and I think if he doesn't want to find himself traded by the deadline for Boogie Cousins or somebody else, I think he better get to work and show everyone that he can be the second best player on the Cavs this year. Yeah, Ke- Kevin Love. The- Kevin Love to the Cavs has been a complete disaster. I mean, since since day one. Let- let's 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 uh, let's all be honest here. For it sure. just did not work out, and they have not been able to cut bait. They've been wanting to trade him since three last years year. now. Haven't three, got a, three years. Haven't gotten the deal done. <laughs> Get the deal done. Stop yeah. playing around. Get the deal done. So I think um, I think Kevin Love is just not a good fit. But his style of play doesn't work. But ideally, uh, he, he ha- is the good fit, though. He used, yeah. He used to have he used to have games where he had twenty and twenty. Yeah. Twenty points, twenty rebounds. I don't remember the last time he's had that game. And I think because he's not. This is what happens when you move someone from a team where he's the all-star. He's the superstar. You put him on a team with other superstars. I think he lost, I think he has lost his identity. I don't, I don't think yeah. he, he still knows what he can do, but I don't think he's not as confident. Like yeah. when's the last that's time? That's a great point. No confidence. Yeah. 
when's when's the last time you seen Kevin Love dunk on somebody? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he, he he used to he used to do stuff like that, and that was even when he was chubbier. Now now the, the cat has lost weight, and and he still isn't really the Kevin Love that we've all seen. And I think I. If I'm the Cavs, I'm trading him regardless. Oh, regardless. Regardless. Oh, so I mean, cause, because you, it's not, it's just not working out. And I think you can only, you can only beat a dead horse for so long. And Tyron Lou, he, he's got to be thinking, or, or the upper management has got to be thinking, who can we get for Kevin Love? Because yeah, if, if also, I'm, yeah, go ahead. I'm also, sorry. also, you got to think. Kevin Love is thinking they've tried to trade me for like three straight seasons. Yeah. So, how much do they really want me here? Is he is he putting out max effort? Is he putting out max effort every every single night? Mm. I don't I don't think he is. I think he I think in his mind, you know, you want to be there because you're there with the king. Yeah. So of course you you're okay with it. Well, but in the back of your mind, you're like, man, I don't I don't know if I want to do this anymore. So there is there is eyes on they're looking at each other like what is what is this what when it, how is this going to eventually work out and what if it doesn't so yeah. if i like i said if i'm the calves mm-hmm. i'm trading them at the deadline no matter home. what no matter what wow crazy pressure on him though but i don't i don't think it i don't think it's going to matter if he if he balls out or not i don't i don't think it's going to make a difference so you think even cuz right now like i said before he's averaging 19 and 11 right now which are those are not numbers to sneeze at, but it's not an impactful 19 and 11. That's my problem with Caleb. I still don't feel like he's giving you 20 and 10 nightly. It doesn't feel like it. From the eye test, it does not feel like it at all. And he doesn't assert his will on the game. That's my problem with him. And But I think there won't be that many suitors for Kevin Love unless they attach that Brooklyn Nets first round pick that they do have. Now with that pick... I think they can package Kevin Love and get someone better. And if I'm the Cavs GM, if I'm Kobe Altman, I'm making that deal. I think if he balls out, though, I might think. But honestly, I think I'm with you, man. I think it would get rid of him regardless. Regardless. Uh, And I think the other thing you got to think about is IT's coming back sooner or later. So now you got an X factor. How much is IT going to play? Is IT going to get the ball to Kevin Love? Is IT going to try to get the ball to LeBron? That That is going to flip this thing 360 again when yep. you add another factor in. You got J.R. Smith coming in uh, for, for D. Wade. I mean, there, there's so many factors in this. Um, I don't know if Kevin Love is is really is going to be able to continue you know, scoring 19 like he is right now. Yep. Uh, I don't know if that's going to be because now, now they're going to have an extra score in. So, I agree. It's I think his numbers to, definitely will go down. Yeah. It's, it's a lot to figure out. Yeah. So he, like I said, he got some pressure on him as well. Does. Yeah. That he does. So, Ben, you have another play with um with some pressure on him this year? I do. I do. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with John Wall. Ooh, I think, John Wall. I think his pressure has increased since Gordon Hayward going out. Because now, mm. now you are... Ideally, you should be the second team in the East. To me, you should be. Also, from last year, you got to look at how they how, how that team played. He's the leader of the team, um, and when you when it's the Wizards versus whoever, it's got John Wall's face on there. It doesn't so, have Bradley Beal's face on there. It don't have Otto Porter on there. So he's the leader of that team, and can he take them to the next level? Because it's been 
about two years now we keep saying the Wizards are, are right there they're right there the they're right there point guard so, in the east people have been calling them <laughs> but when when are we going to see that next step and yeah. I think I think the pressure's on him uh, because he um, obviously he's he's been very highly touted but there's been doubts on him when it comes to playoff time there's been doubts on his his durability in the playoffs or when you get True. to a game seven can you produce? So I think his his pressure is not really league wide. I think his pressure is is in the East. Like the East is not not it's not the best conference. Let's, they they traded away a lot of players. Can you make the next step to get to that next level, which is the NBA Finals? Ultimately, mm. can can, he, can, he, can they do that? And he's a leader of that squad. So. I hear you. I agree with you. So what do you think is best case scenario or the most successful season for John Wall? Is it a number two seed in the regular season or is it getting to the Eastern Conference Finals or nothing less can be considered a successful season? I think a successful season to me has to be making that next step, which is which is getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, mm. but also winning the Eastern Conference Finals and making ah. the same you think they I, have a chance to beat the Cavs? I think I think they got a chance. I think they got a chance. It's gonna be difficult. That's some uh, high praise. It's gonna be difficult, but I think I think they got a chance. Uh, and they've they've got just some young guys on that team that you know, Ubre, Ubre, ball out, Otto Porter, uh, Gortado, ten and ten. Uh, but I think. Obviously, you gotta go on LeBron. That's the biggest thing. But I think I don't think it's impossible. Ben, man, I gotta I gotta stop you. I gotta love and respect for you, Ben. But I think you are crazy. <laughs> I think you was on a mile or something before you came here to think that the Wizards could challenge the Cavs this year. No way in hell, other Cavs. I, I mean, excuse me, all the Wizards challenging the Cavs in the series to me. I don't think they have enough. I love War. I love Beal. I love that backcourt. I'm not crazy about Otto Porter. Is he worth the max to me? Not really. He's not a good enough third scorer to me to demand max money. Kelly Oubre, can you really ex- how much can you really expect from him come play all time against LeBron James, against those heavy hitters that the, Cav ha- that the Cavs have? Those are vets coming off that roster. They do present a certain level of fear that they might put in those young boys down there in Washington. Gortat? Eh, I don't know. <laughs> here's why. Here's why I'm saying that. Because IT, not 100% healthy. Um, is his hip 100% healthy? If he gets bruised up, will he play the whole season? My playoff time, though, will be healthy. Got, My playoffs. You got, uh, hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, you got D-Wade, who... It, this is this is Grandpa D Wade now. He's, <laughs> in, his elder, so he's in his elder years. Lifetime uh, achievement and, award. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Lifetime achievement award at the ESPYS. Uh, <laughs> we've got going on here. So that and I think that can they can they come together and play good team basketball? Can the can the Cavs do that over consistent time? It's early. Um, so I'm not going to say I'm not going to talk about you know the games they lost or whatever but uh, can they play consistently especially when it gets to the playoffs um, the the also you got to think too the the Wizards have been that nucleus has kind of been together yeah for a little continuity while. that's true continuity does matter it, it, it's uh, and then 
I'm kind of I'm kind of throwing the Celtics, you know, out of the out of the mix right now. I think Gordon Hayward losing him is huge, mm-hmm. and I and like we've been talking about with Kyrie. I don't know. I don't think he is there yet to mm-hmm. put a team back. So. I agree. I agree. Those are great points right there, Ben. So, I mean, the Cavs got to show up their shore up their rotations before anything can happen. But I think they'll figure it out by playoff time. So before we move on, I want to give out a few honorable mentions of players that I just thought about that have a lot of pressure on them this season as well. So first, I thought of Dwight Howard. I think his career has taken quite the downturn this year. His 15 and seven seasons. D. Howard got to show everybody he's not garbage. I need D. Howard to step up in Charlotte and give me something. Next up, I got Nikola Jokic from the Nuggets. I think he's gotten a lot of praise over the summer. People are vaulting him as a top 20 center in the league. I still have to see that. I need to see a full season instead of a half season last year of Jokic. I need him to at least get the, play- the Nuggets in the playoffs for him to for me to give him any type of real credit. Also, I got to go my man Chris Paul. Everybody loves him. I'm a big CP3 fan. That's my favorite player in the league. But he has some pressure on him as well. His career-long habits are tough to break, man. He's got to learn how to play a faster pace in that Dan Tony offense and shoot the ball a lot more. I think he has to get comfortable in his new skin, which is running that high-powered, fast-paced, seven seconds or less Dan Tony offense. And last but not least, an honorable mention, LaMarcus Aldridge got some pressure on him this year. I think he has to ball out and show people that he's worthy of that contract extension and worthy that he's good enough to be the second-best player on his championship team. Yeah, he he went he went straight milk carton. Uh, sure did. <laughs> he went That's straight so like milk carton. Where is Lamarcus Aldridge last year? He uh, did. Like, golly, yeah, there's some pressure on him. For sure, he, he, <laughs> he definitely on the milk carton. Man. I need him to step up this year. I need him to step up in that in that gritty Western Conference, man. For sure, for sure. Exactly. So now it's exactly. time for the crossover segment. Not a game. Not a game. Not a game. We talking about ben, practice. I got some interesting choices for you this week, my man. I, by the way, are you feeling the crossover segments every week, my man? Oh my God, it's it's crazy, man. I love it. I love it. I'm every, whenever I get it, I'm at work. I'm like, golly, man, this this dude got me on some. He got a crazy one today. Every single one, I'm gonna say a crazy one. Every week, I'm not gonna it's, lie. It's, actually, goes. It say got it again? me thinking. Yeah, yeah. I said it's, it's always got me thinking. For sure. When I put those out on Twitter, man, it gets a lot of interaction. And everyone has a comment and they come at each other's throats about who they choose. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I like, man. Exactly. <laughs> exactly what I like, for sure. So for my new listeners, the crossover segment, I'll be throwing out player comparisons from different eras. My guest, my man Ben, acts as GM, and he tells me who he would take out of the two in their primes. So this week... Ben, are you taking a prime Russell Westbrook or a prime Allen Iverson? AI. Let me give you the career stats. Uh, Russ, 22 points per game, 6 rebounds, 8 assists, 1.7 steals a night, 43% from the floor, 1-time MVP, 6-time All-Star, 2-time All-NBA First Team, 2-time scoring champ. AI. 26 a night, 3 rebounds per game, 6 assists, 2 steals a game, 42% from the floor, 1-time MVP, 11-time All-Star, 3-time All-NBA First Team, Rookie of the Year Award, 3-time Steals Leader, and 4-time Scoring Champ. Ben, are you taking a prime Russell Westbrook 
or a prime Allen Iverson? You got both of them on the table. Who you taking? I'm I'm taking AI. Uh, this 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 was easy for me. That was uh, easy. I, okay. That's an easy one. I think um, I think Westbrook is is a great player. Uh, no doubt about that. I think his he to me he's just hitting the peak though. I mean this this last year uh, when he had a year away from KD, uh, I think he, he's really just starting to hit his stride. But AI in AI's prime, actually in AI's rookie year. He crossed over Jordan. Russell sure Westbrook can never, ever say that he's done that. <laughs> so that's that. That, that already puts you above Russ. Uh, but two though, off a crossover. AI <laughs> man, AI man was was uh yeah. You, you got to put him in there just because of that. But anyway, um, AI to me, man, was he was in his prime. He was a trendsetter of the entire game. People started wearing braids more. Uh, people started doing. People, he 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 took the crossover to the next level, and I think with uh, with AI though in his play, um, also just the way that that he that he put teams on his back. I mean mm-hmm. he he had a team um, with which you know uh, that two thousand one finals, the, yeah. Aaron McKee, Aaron, Aaron McKee, McKee, Tyrone Hill. What's on it? was a starting center. I mean, come on. He, he put that team on his back. They had Matt and Geiger, George Lynch. Oh, Lord. Matt, <laughs> AI, though, man. AI is, uh, man, you, I don't know if you can compare anyone to AI until they get to the end of their career. I think if if Westbrook was at the end of his career, maybe. But remember, we're talking talent, Ben. Talent. Meaning there's talent. A prime, of which a Russell Westbrook right now, and a prime Allen yeah. Iverson, which was those 2001 NBA uh, Finals run. And you're that's a GM. Like, yeah, both of them there. Yeah. you still that's, going AI. Still got to go with AI. All still right. Then, my man, then, my man, I'm going to agree with you there. I actually, I mean, I can't go against AI, who is. Not a game. Not the a crossover game. segment not is named after, after him. How could I practice. go away from him? <laughs> How, how how could I do that? But I'm gonna play devil's advocate here and make a case for Russell Westbrook. I think if you have, like I said, prime Russell Westbrook, which is right now, and prime Allen Iverson, if you look at their bodies, the more athletic is Russell Westbrook, the more freak of nature, generational talent, body type is Russell Westbrook. We haven't seen a player, a point guard as lethal, as aggressive going to the basket in the recent history as much as Russell Westbrook is. And like you said, I love how you brought up Allen Iverson, AI putting the team on his back. Russell Westbrook did that last year as well. He put the entire team on his back. Andre Robertson, airballing free throws. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> if you can get to the playoffs with Roberson as just starting to, yeah, that that goes without saying. That's some, that's some magic right there. Yeah, and another point that you brought up about AI being a trendsetter, you can also say Russell Westbrook is a trendsetter as well. He has evolved the NBA style that is the NBA style these days. A lot of players are a lot more expressive and things like that. So he does also have a nice cultural impact as well maybe not as much as Iverson of course not that was a generational impact but as far as a cultural impact for this today's NBA I think Russell has a really large impact on that yeah yeah I mean, you, you, you got some good points that's that's why these crossover segments are crazy yeah uh, well, yeah 
I agree. What, what's, the, what's the next one? I can't wait to hear this one. The next one. <laughs> are you taking a prime DeMarcus Cousins, which is right now, or a prime Patrick Ewan? Now, let me give you the Ooh. career stats. DeMarcus Cousins, 21 points per game, 10 point, basically 11 rebounds per game. Three assists, one block, one steal, 46% from the floor, and a three-time All-Star. Pat Ewing, also 21 points per game, 9.8 rebounds, one assist, two blocks, one steal, 50% from the floor, 11-time All-Star, one-time All-NBA First Team, and also Rookie of the Year award. Are you taking a prime Boogie Cousins or a prime Pat Ewing, talent-wise? Talent-wise... I got to take Boogie. Uh, mm. Boogie Boogie can do some of everything. Patrick Ewan could not do that. Back in the, back in that time, you backed down low and or you did a fadeaway jumper, but it was mainly the traditional center. Boogie can, can shoot the three if he has to. He hit a couple game winners. He can back you down. He can dribble. Um, he, can, he, can, he can probably facilitate if he had to. So just talent alone, I got to give it to Boogie. I don't. I don't see Patrick Ewing. Just talent-wise, was not. Was just wasn't there. Wasn't there. He, he was a good player. <laughs> but if you if you had if you had them two at the top of the key and they're trying to run a play, the the ball would have been bounced off of Patrick Ewing's foot uh, with the quickness. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> you got disrespectful. <laughs> yeah, I'm just stating facts. That was not his strong suit. You only give him the ball. When he can make a turnaround jumper, or when he's getting ready to dunk on somebody, that was that was it with, with Patrick Ewan. Patrick Ewan the great, but uh, I, I gotta give it. <laughs> I hear you, man. I hear you, man. You know what's crazy? I was actually conflicted with this, man. I really, honestly, I couldn't choose because, like you said, I agree with you. Demarcus Cousins is the more talented of the two. He has a broader skill set more than Patrick Ewan because he can step out and shoot that three. But Patrick Ewan did have a better post-up game than Boogie Cousins. And he also did have a better floater or one of those pick and pops than Boogie Cousins has. And he was more consistent. And as much as I think Patrick Ewing was a little bit overrated, sorry to say, I, I grew up in New York, born and raised in New York, Brooklyn, New York, and Patrick Ewing was a little overrated. I still think he might be the better player overall than Boogie Cousins. And let me tell you why. I have to give it to Pat slightly because I think he plays better defense. He averaged two blocks and DeMarcus is one over his career. He's a better rim protector, like I said. And I think he played against better center competition during that time. Against David Robinson, Hakim, against Hakeem Olajuwon, against Shaq and those boys. Those are some heavy hitters he's playing against. And I think Patrick Ewing can be your best player on his championship team if the roster is built properly around him. I think the problem with Boogie is that he has too many other intangibles that's wrong with him, which is why I wouldn't pick him if I'm a GM. I'm worried about his volatile nature, and I have to always worry about managing his personality. So because he's so talented, his personality takes away from his talent, and that's why if I'm a GM, I would have to go with the more mature player in Patrick Hugh. Man, I, man, I, I hear you. I hear you. I think, I think at this point in the NBA, uh, like you were saying, you have there has to be flexibility. There is no true center anymore. Yeah. It's great to have one, but there's not one. But I think also you have to have someone that has that's able to, or he has to be on a team. I think with people 
that he that he's played with before. And I think the team he's on now, I'm hoping that this nucleus will work out because he's on a team with Anthony Davis that he played with at Kentucky. You got a relationship there. I, I don't need to see him necessarily going off on on you know on him or Rondo that he used to play with too. So I think there's um there's a lot of things, but with his flexibility, um, I would probably overlook the attitude issues, mm. uh, to be honest. So you could be cool with that. Do you think he has to have the right coach? Because I feel like in order for him to succeed, he has to have a demanding coach who he respects and would listen to. He does. He yeah. he he has to have a lot of factors go right, uh, which is which is very very high maintenance yeah. in a player. But the reward I think is so high that the risk is just overlooked, and that that's that's what's happened pretty much. His whole career, it seems like. I agree. I agree. That's a great part there. So, uh, my man Ben, thanks for joining me in that crossover segment, my man. What do you like about those choices? Oh man, I feel good. Uh, I feel feel pretty good. We'll we'll, I, we'll see when you post it. Oh. Uh, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's gonna, it's gonna be crazy, but we'll for see sure. when we post it. But I feel pretty good. For sure. For sure. So Ben, as I said before, my man Ben Sutter's out of tech, out of Dallas, Texas. Excuse me host of the BS3 Sports Show. Make sure y'all go look out for that. So, Ben, how long have you been doing the BS3 Sports Show, my man? So, uh, two years. Uh, two years. It'll be two years in November uh, since I've been doing it. Man, it's, it's been uh, it's been evolving. It's been great. A lot of great guests. Uh, I love doing it. Yeah. I pre- And it, I, also, I was on, I had the pleasure of being on there last week as well. Um, talking NBA with you, man, and it actually got heated. It was a nice debate, man. I appreciated it, that. It, it got heated. <laughs> I, I thought that was going to be a perfect mix because uh, <laughs> Michael Bonner, man, that that uh, he he knows how to argue with the with with, with the best of them. Yeah, um, he had some great points. It, it was it was crazy. It was yeah. crazy. But yeah. I, I loved it. I loved I, every single minute. Yeah, I love having those type of debates. I love that. I love when people disagree and have respectful disagreements. I love that. I'm all, I'm always here to talk. <laughs> ben had to go in there and referee it a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Time out. Back to your corners now. Move on to the next point because y'all, y'all going off. Now, the funniest part, the funniest part about it is uh, my show is live. So when something goes wrong yeah. on a live show, you got to roll with it and something ended up happening with the audio they were still arguing and they were, <laughs> it came back in and they were like okay we, we're fine we came to agreement let's move on to the next point I was like man this is uh, this that was probably one of the funniest moments I ever had on, on, on the podcast I, listen I was on a mile while I was doing that man I took a mile <laughs> that <yet> hard yesterday <laughs> I, sure, I sure was but I definitely had a good time and of course I appreciate the invite of being on a BS3 show so make sure everyone goes out and goes and looks for that show. Uh, where can they find the show at? And where can they find you on Twitter as well, Ben? Uh, so, uh, at BS3Sports on Twitter. Um, also, you can find the show. The main place is Spreaker.com. Uh, so, that's Speaker with an R. S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. Um, it's also on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, SoundCloud, Basically, wherever except Stitcher, I haven't, I haven't figured out how to get on there yet. But, <laughs> of <yeah>. course, <laughs> I type SC Sports in Google and you'll, you'll find me. Oh, that, that that wouldn't be that hard to find. Easily typing that BS3. My man Ben is not hard to find <laughs> at all. So, Ben, man, I appreciate you. I want to thank you for joining me on Above the Rim. I appreciate you coming on. This was a very dope episode, my brother. 
it was awesome, man. It, it was uh, something I've been waiting to do. Been thinking about it all day, man. So I'm glad to finally get into the get into the spot with you. Oh, for sure, man. This will be a reoccurring guest because Ben, I really love enjoy <laughs> talking hoops with you, man. Appreciate it for real. <laughs> Definitely. Most four. So that's above the rim episode 34, and we out.